Hello, we hope that you're having a good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you may be listening from. Welcome to the LATAM FDI podcast. In these recordings, we'll be looking at the Latin American region in its entirety through the prism of foreign direct investment. We hope that you find these recordings to be informational, educational, and entertaining. Hello, welcome to another episode of the LATAM FDI podcast. In these recordings, we speak to experts that are from Latin America on issues that have to do with business in the region, foreign trade, manufacturing, and other things that are pertinent. Today, we have Andrew Crawford with us. Andrew is the trade commissioner in Houston for Costa Rica. He represents an organization that is called Procomer, and I'll let him introduce yourself, uh, introduce himself and explain to you what his organization does. Andrew, welcome. Hey, Stephen. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, great pleasure for me to join this conversation. Like you said, um, my name is Andrew Crawford, currently the director of the Trade Promotion Agency of Costa Rica, named uh, Procomer. And I've been doing this for, for a while, but currently I've been doing it for um, the U.S. Southwest and Mexico for the last two years, based out of Houston, Texas. I account more than 20 years of experience in um, different areas for trade development, including industrial engineering, uh, supply chain, project management, trading services, logistics in general. So this is something that I really love and, and I feel in, uh, you know, uh, uh, great about you know, representing Costa Rica around the world and promoting the cap capabilities and capacities our country has. You know, Costa Rica is is very popular uh, amongst people for the tourism aspect of its economy. I was at a conference lately, and they asked uh, the audience how many people have been to Costa Rica, and three quarters of the people raised their hands. So we we know that it's a very beautiful place, but what people may not know is is that Costa Rica has uh, significant export industries. Some of those are in manufacturing. Some are uh, primary products. Maybe yes. you can give us an overview of what Costa Rica exports to the world. Yes, uh, that's a great um, you know, question, Stephen. Uh, regarding Costa Rica as a business destination, uh, I would say we are a hidden diamond, I could say, as many people do not relate our country as an advanced manufacturing destination. Um, when they come over, sit down with Procomet, have constructive conversations, uh, their whole view about Costa Rica simply changes. So they move uh, from a concept of tourism and leisure to an industrial advanced manufacturing country spot where they can do business. And it is good to say that 30% uh, of our GDP is related to non-tourism exports. And our main exports at this very moment are medical devices and medical instruments. Um, it is clear that all this didn't happen overnight. It's been taking a few years. Uh, that I will try to further explain and extend in details during our conversation. Um, I have to say that also our you know, main exports uh, go to the United States. Uh, we have 40% of our, 42% of our exports basically uh, go to the United States. Uh, then the European Union and Central America respectively, is a 20 and 21% and the rest of it, the other 40% basically goes, the, the, the other two, uh, eight, 20%, I'm sorry, goes to other um, different destinations, including South America, Asia, Africa, Oceania, et cetera. Um, 
We are exporting currently more than 4,200 products to plus 150 countries. So that pretty much reflects the level of maturity uh, our export basket is, is having right now. And going back into the tourism, uh, let's say, na narrative that uh, you mentioned, you know, uh, when you started your question. Uh, yes, we receive millions of tourists every year and tourism represents 5% of the GDP. But the exports, uh, Costa Rican exports represent 35% of the GDP. So uh, it's a big, a huge difference in between what is the you know, uh, composition of the tourism GDP versus the composition of the uh, exports GDP. Um, everything started back in 1987, if I go back to manufacturing, when Baxter decided to open up a facility down there and then everybody asked, why you're going down there? What, what is it that you decided to get into a location that is totally related to tourism? Well, they started to discover that there was a opportunity to develop uh, advanced manufacturing out of Costa Rica. So that's pretty much how everything started. And I can give you a little more details by the time we just keep moving forward with the conversation. Well, thank you for providing information about the diversity of exports that are shipped from Costa Rica to global markets. Um, in addition to becoming a place where companies over the years, such as Baxter and all the medical device companies that are there, um, enjoy in, in the country, contract manufacturing is also something that uh, has developed in the country. Could you talk about, first, the different companies that are in the medical device sector that are in Costa Rica, and talk a little bit about what kind of contract manufacturing services are available? Well, absolutely, absolutely, uh, Stephen. Um, well, I can mention that um, companies like Baxter, Boston Scientific, Edwards, Cooper Companies, Ologic, Philips, Smith & Nephew, Coloplast, uh, IQ Medical, Abbott, Terumu, Hereus, Cardinal Health, and uh, the last we're going to mention, Bayer and DDS Lab, are currently building uh, new facilities in Costa Rica, these last two. So uh, that pretty much explains, I mean, how deep uh, things are getting into the country and, and this level of maturity of the companies that we see in there is basically connected into the policies that we bring it into the table. So um, even though uh, the concept has taken more relevance over the last few months for a good number of reasons, Costa Rica has always, always has been a French sharing destination for United States. So uh, we know that, a, that an eco-friendly vision, our nature and sustainability may be Costa Rica's best known assets, but sustainable productivity has made the country a thriving destination for foreign direct investments uh, by you know, mentioning these type of companies that we uh, you know, are discussing and putting on the table right now. And this is related to the pool of, of uh, you know, the talent that we have, uh, Steve. The country decided in the, back in the late uh, 1940s to abolish the army and invest in talent. And that is what these companies find in Costa Rica. So an educated workforce, bilingual workforce, great cultural connection with the United States in general, country's commitment to sustainability, our selling points, yes, as a, as a stable democracy. But if you put it into uh, the conversation uh, that, you know, with investments starting at $150,000, that include incentives such as no income tax for a number of years, 
um, no taxes on assets uh, to be paid off uh, that will be taking part of your project, uh, no fees, taxes, or withholds in the repatriation of your income once this facility is basically um, producing financials in, 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 in black numbers, so we could call it like that. Uh, along with the perks that I mentioned in my first, you know, part of the of my explanation, well, you know, brings a very good combination of perks for companies to say, yes, this makes a lot of sense to, you know, move forward with Costa Rica as a, as a light to do business here in uh, Latin America. One of the things that has been, uh, I've been seeing from uh, the business that I do in Costa Rica is that Costa Rica, as well as much of Latin America, is benefiting from the uh, nearshoring phenomenon that's occurring during the uh, uh, COVID uh, crisis. It accelerated. Companies were seeing that uh, bringing supply chains from places like the Far East closer to home would be a better strategic decision to make. Do you see that playing out in Costa Rica? Absolutely, Stephen. I mean, our um, demand for exploring and analyzing uh, the feasibility of Costa Rica to become a site for, for greenfield operations has grown pretty much 40% from year to year, starting in 2020. So um, dealing with a greater number of imbalances in the world in terms of financial markets, cybersecurity concerns, supply chain constraints, um, limitations in the protection of IP and the rule of law in certain regions of the world. So it really gives a great opportunity, uh, you know, to Costa Rica, where we can solidify, you know, our French shoring and insuring uh, policies and capabilities based on a proven track record. Um, we are already homeland of plus 380 high-tech companies, 40 of, of Fortune 500 and 14 of the top 30 med tech companies of the world already are operating in Costa Rica and the numbers are still growing. Cannot disclose more upcoming projects until they basically, you know, start digging the brick and mortar, but things are looking pretty, pretty, pretty positive. So in general, Costa Rica has emerged as a leading global destination for investment companies in the life science sector. And uh, we are pretty much, you know, become a benchmark as an exporter in this area of the world. And that motivates our policymakers to keep improving and striving for, you know, better uh, services in, in the, uh, you know, uh, allocation of much more capabilities in favor of these investments to basically settle down in Costa Rica. Now, we talked a little bit about the medical device industry in Costa Rica. It would be, I think, of, of interest to the listeners if you could give uh, an overview of the kind of products that are being manufactured in Costa Rica. Yes, yes. And let me just, you know, put that in another, you know, context as well, Stephen. Uh, Costa Rica is currently the second largest exporter of medical devices in Latin America. Only, uh, you know, Mexico is ahead. Uh, but we, we have to have a context here, Stephen. Mexico is 135 million people. We are just 5.2 million. So that would say like there's, there's this country who acts pretty much like a boutique in terms of medical devices. And we have to say, we have to keep improving, but we must say that we are doing something good. If we're saying that a country so small with only 5.2 million is attracting so many 
of projects. And we have a lot of different various specialties in, in the industry. We can name cardiology, uh, we can make medical aesthetics, we can uh, name dentistry, neurology, orthopedics, ophthalmology, gastroenterology. And, you know, there is a lot of going on in terms of some other industries that are basically, uh, you know, making their feasibility process for bringing in more, you know, categories into the segment of the market. So that, that is pretty much a great thing to say. And on the other hand, it's not just invite the company to do business down there, Stephen, it's that we have created an ecosystem in this industry uh, where a great level of linkages participate also in the market. So Procomer leads a program in which we provide aftercare to international companies with the aim of facilitating the supply chain as well. We have developed projects where a multinational, for example, did not source even one part from Costa Rica upon arrival. And now some of them source hundreds or even thousands of parts and components to local suppliers. Uh, with this in mind, uh, that means that we work not only on identifying potential companies to come down to Costa Rica, we also will worry about uh, the other part of the story, which is fostering capacities uh, standards and certifications on those contract manufacturers uh, so they can better deal with the demands and needs of these, uh, you know, OEMs that come down and settle in Costa Rica. You know, another interesting development that I've noticed uh, recently is that Costa Rica is developing uh, another advanced industry, and that's aerospace. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on in your country in, in that sector. Yes, that's an interesting uh, uh, topic that has been happening. Um, first, it is good to know that um, there is a former NASA astronaut, which is a Costa Rican guy, his name is Franklin Chang. He is developing a, an engine out of plasma, which is the fourth state of matter. And he's basically uh, in a stage in which he has received sufficient amount of funds to basically make, make sure that the plasma will basically be running properly for a great number of hours. And this engine pretty much reduces the cost of launching rockets and artifacts to the space in an amazing way. So uh, we might get to see the Ad Astra project, which is the name of this engine, uh, you know, being uh, heard of uh, in a much more uh, you know, uh, vocal and different avenues pretty soon in terms of what's been going on with this plasma engine to foster and take care of debris around the orbits of Earth, which is the mission that he's planning in his head. Uh, since it's a very cost-efficient uh, engine, it's, it's, it's going to be pretty cheap to go out there to the orbits of the world and start picking up debris from satellites and other type of materials that are basically orbiting the Earth and some other, you know, corpses in the earth. So that's one thing. The other thing is the aerospace one. This is a cluster of group of companies, 30 plus companies with uh, technological capabilities that complement each other to enable the development of aerospace solutions. So we collaborate with them to centralize needs and opportunities that we tackle in international markets. And the focus that they have is on critical 
and non-critical electromechanical systems. The development and testing of software embedded to the highest standards in terms of the industry. And in addition, uh, we have experienced the incorporation of a great deal of our MRO with Boeing. Our MRO is a US Federal Aviation Administration and a European Aviation Agency certified um, maintenance and repair and overhaul a facility in our airport. And these guys are doing a great conversion of Boeings um, for a good number of years as Boeing has received an increasing number of conversions from commercial 737-800s to 737-800s uh, converted freighters. So uh, this MRO is doing a great job in the area. So we're doing electromechanical, we're doing software, we're doing MRO, we're doing stuff in, in the space. And that pretty much says how, how we're doing, uh, Steven, which is an interesting world that people may not know that it's been taking place in Costa Rica as well. Beyond aerospace and medical devices, what other opportunities are there for advanced manufacturing in Costa Rica? Oh, well, um, you know that um, everything is on a concept of sustainability right now. So um, particularly uh, parts and components um, that, uh, you know, hold any type of IP. And in the meantime, that may require certain levels of hardware and equipment that can impact the future of energy consumption in, you know, in our daily lives is becoming a great opportunity to be basically hardwired manufacturing in Costa Rica. Um, we have to keep in mind that Costa Rica produces 99% of its energy from alternative or clean energies. So there is already a country brand and, and thus a great image a, a foreign company can use as an endorsement in their projects and operations that they can say, we produce uh, sustainable products uh, in advanced manufacturing in Costa Rica, a country that basically produces with 99% of energy out of alternative or clean energy. Then I could say the broadcasting manufacturing, which is a growing industry because of the entertainment world and everything, uh, we have experiences already in this industry, uh, so there's an opportunity to keep growing in the area. Uh, the oil and gas, particularly in, in the areas of machining and coatings and uh, everything related to facilitate operations in downstream facilities, and the electronics related to that uh, uh, in industry as well. And everything related to automation in general, IoT, AI that needs machines and devices uh, where the electronic and the houses of those devices can be basically manufactured down in Costa Rica as well, Stephen. Those are some of the ideas that I could tell you and things that we have seen according to the capabilities of our talent and what we've seen in terms of experiences that we can extract from what we're already doing. Those are additions that we could have in the near future from my point of view. Well, can you tell me and, and our listening audience how people can get into contact with you and your agency to further discuss uh, either hooking up with a contract manufacturer or starting a new project there? And, and also, do you have any events coming up that people could attend? Sure, sure, sure. I mean, I'm totally and completely available, Stephen, at my mobile. Uh, it's, a, it's a Texas phone. It's an 832 940 8587, like I said, 832-940-8587. My email is letter A as an Apple and the last name Crawford together, A-C-R-A 
W-F-O-R-D, A Crawford, at, and then the word ProComer, my agency, P as in Paul, R as in Robert, O as in Oscar, C as in Cat, O as in Oscar, M as in Mary, E as in Edward, as in Robert.com, A Crawford at ProComer.com. Uh, please bear in mind uh, the audience that uh, in our role of a government agency, our services are completely free of any charges. We don't charge anything for our services. We work as a great facilitator, as a public policy makers that we are, and we are a time saver uh, to those who are seeking the right contract manufacturers in Costa Rica, or would like to better understand how to settle down a greenfield operation down in Costa Rica. We usually ask the US company to fill out a profile form under a BANT model, B-A-N-T, which is um, the, the buying, they understand who is the buyer, the buyer, uh, what authority this person will have during the process, what is the specific need this person has, and what is the timeline uh, to put down a project in place. After we gather this information and we uh, do an uh, internal assessment, we then jump into the capabilities that we have with our companies. So we can analyze the information, narrow down the potential contract manufacturers uh, that can connect properly with this specific need. And we suggest different avenues to uh, get connected. It can be as simple as some email connection. Uh, we can provoke a remote call in between the parties. We organize a remote call so we can do introductions properly. We can uh, uh, suggest site visits on both ends, either the Costa Rican company with great potential to come by and understand what are the needs in the facility in the United States that has to be tackled down in Costa Rica or vice versa, have the US company go to a facility in Costa Rica as well. That can be taking place any time of the year. And in the meantime, um, we can offer sources event, sourcing events. There's a sourcing event that we do every year. Uh, it's our annual event known as BTM, Buyer's Trade Mission. Um, this event will be held the last week of September, 2023. Uh, the interesting thing here is that uh, we cover accommodation for up to four nights. We cover meals. Uh, we cover facility tours during the first two days of the event. So we uh, you know, schedule a good number of site tours to companies according to the needs of the you know, company in the United States. And then the very last day, the third day, we do like a one-on-one -on -one business agenda. So is also adding up companies that you might not visit on the site tours, but you might be interested in having conversations too. So we add up a third day in, the, in our National Convention Center. So you can have one-on-one -on -one meetings with companies that you didn't meet during the first two days. And in the same spot, uh, there will be a, some other chapters of different things going on during that week because it's a pretty busy week. And, and we pretty much account 400 buyers from about 50 countries every year that visit uh, our buyer's trade mission. Last year, uh, the advanced manufacturing tour chapter that we, we had, it was a great success, uh, mainly with companies from um, um, Canada, US, Mexico, and Europe. So they were totally focused on visiting facilities and have a better learning of how they're doing things, companies are doing things, and how Procomer is supporting these companies to basically scale up in terms of capabilities to them. Well, that sounds like an incredible opportunity for companies that are interested in doing business in Costa Rica. And basically, thank you. We wanted to uh, extend that thanks to you for speaking with us today. 
and for providing uh, good contact information so that people who would like to take advantages of Procomer services can get directly into contact with you. So thank you for that, Andrew. We appreciate it, Steve. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, great number of incentives that we have available for people to, you know, establish a greenfield down there. It's just a matter of giving me a call, sending me an email, and we can further discuss how Costa Rica, you know, has become a great platform for doing business uh, totally oriented to the United States and with a great group of incentives together to make it profitable and feasible in the long run. Well, thanks again, and you have a, a great day. Appreciate it, Steve. Thank you. Thank you.